What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is October 18th, 2019. And if you are listening or watching, you are listening or watching to the Marcelin Brothers podcast. Who? Hey, who's that guy? Who's that guy? What's going on, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? I can't believe we're already in the last quarter of the year. Last hurrah for 2019. It's already October. Lots of changes happened. First of all, uh, if you can tell from the background, which I don't think anyone can, I'm recording from a very, very familiar location to somebody. That's right. I'm in your living room. Yeah, I was able to get the weekend off. We came down. We're going to hang out with the family, uh, celebrate Eleanor's birthday, and do a podcast. What? How have things been with you? How has your life been? No, for, wait. Before we ask how my life been, I think MVP <laughs> wants to know how you are doing, man, because you have definitely been putting it down. You've been putting in some time. You've been putting in some work but you are actually off on a weekend. Tell us what you've been doing for the last couple of months because I feel like it's been a little while since we've done an episode, man. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, that is right. So I am finally big boy anesthesiologist. There you um, go. I've been working. I went up north of working. I've been doing cases, been practicing anesthesia. It's definitely a different feeling. Um, being the lower guy in the totem pole and all of a sudden being in charge, uh, having the responsibility fall onto you. It's definitely, definitely fun and worth all the years of schooling. So did that for almost three months now since the end of July. And just every day, still something new, still learning, and it's a great environment, fast-paced, but tiring. Tiring. I got the weekend off, and I'm glad I'm off. So, how many hours are you putting in now? Is it the same amount as you were putting in while you're in residency, or is it less? Is it more? Talk to me. Uh, I would say maybe a touch less than residency. It's it. It'll surprise you. <laughs> a couple of hours less than residency. Yeah, wasn't as little as I thought it would be. Uh, but. Yeah. But you're you are finally doing what you always dreamed of doing. You are making it work. You are independent. You are definitely making a difference. And even some of the stories that you were telling me about practices that you're changing, it just shows that you've got great training. And I'm glad that you're able to finally do what you've always wanted to do for so long. So that's awesome. Well, for me, gee, so I've been doing some changes as well. I'm doing some I'm working at two hospitals now instead of just one. So I'm at one my hospital for three days, and I'm working at a sister facility for a couple of days. So I'm somehow trying to do 10 days' worth of work in five days. So I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm going yeah. back into residency. But no, it's a... You definitely are. Yeah, it's a good opportunity. I've got a great team with where I'm currently working. And then the new place that I'm helping out with temporarily, It's it's a different place i get to meet different people i get to 
try different things. It's a little larger than where I am, but it's it's good. It's a different experience, so I'm definitely enjoying that. So I can't complain with that. I've been dibbling and dabbling into you know some hobbies. I with me being the do-it-yourself kind of individual, I've always enjoyed you know the feeling that I don't know. I get the feeling where, when I'm able to save a buck. I feel really, really good about that, and I just try to find different ways to be able to optimize being able to save money, but also doing stuff for myself instead of hiring people. So I've been working on my car lately. Yes. So, you know, my AC wasn't working for a little while. I did not change the AC by myself. I didn't change the AC, period. But I went in. I got an estimate. I was able to find another place to do it with a fraction of the price. You know, I went to Honda. I've got a 2008 Honda Civic, and I want the Honda, and they're going to charge me like $5,000 pretty much to change the AC and all this other stuff. And I was able to find somebody who is a friend of a friend, and they were able to do it for $500. So that was a pretty good steal. Wow. So I was happy that with that. That is a big discount. Good for you. Bargain hunting at the best. Well, you know how it worked. I mean, I went to a Honda dealership, and of course, they're going to try to sell me a new car. So, And there's just so much of a markup when it comes to labor and parts when you could, I mean, just finding somebody on the cheap is so much better. I had to get new tires, so I ended up doing that. And then when I got new tires, they told me, well, I need to change my air cabin filter as well as my engine filter, and they're going to charge me like $150 to do that. But... I was able to go into just your normal auto zone, got the cabin air filter, got the engine filter, both of those together were like 20 bucks, change it out myself. It's very easy to do. You can YouTube it and you know, I pretty much saved about 100 bucks doing that and then they told me that I needed to get my spark plugs changed. So for me, very easy to do in a Honda Civic. So again, more YouTubing. My brother-in-law was able to help me out with that. Literally just unscrew the bolts, you know, get to the spark plugs, you essentially get a ratchet and a wrench, you unscrew it, take out, it's like unscrewing and screwing a light bulb essentially is what it was. And instead of being charged $150, you know, bought four spark plugs, $10 each, ended up getting the tools, maybe 10 or $20. So right there, again, I was able to save about 50, 60 bucks. So those are some of the little wins that I'm enjoying. And I think the next thing I'm going to try to do is change my brakes. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, oh let's pump the brakes. Uh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. No, again, my brother-in-law, he used to be a mechanic. So he's going to be watching me every step of the way. So believe me, we'll, we'll make sure that the car is safe. No worries on that. All right, all right. All right, so good. Are the quick question? Sorry to interrupt. Are the cabin filters universal or is it specific to the make and model of the car? Make and model of the car. So, a lot of times when you go to these car dealers or when you go to these auto parts stores, you pretty much tell them, hey, this is the make and model of my car. They got a computer. They look up, hey, this is what would fit based on that. There's certain stuff that I think you can just do whatever, and there's certain stuff that you don't want to skimp on. So, for instance, when it comes to air cabin filters, it's very similar to, really, it's the same process like when you're changing the AC filters in your AC unit, something as simple as that. So that doesn't matter what brand you have, just change it out when it's dirty. With the spark plugs, 
you know, you definitely do want to try to go with the manufacturer rep- recommended stuff. So I just looked in my manual, saw what they recommended, and I just did it. So that worked out pretty well. All okay. right. Okay. So if you got any, t- hey, if you need any help, let me know. Well, I mean, you got a new Honda, so you won't be needing any help anytime soon. So I better not. You better I not. Better man. not. Yeah, I think it should be still under warranty. Oh, yeah, for sure. You'll, you'll be good. You'll be good. No worries on that, man. All right, so good catching up. Shall we do some articles? Let's do it to it. All right. You know, I think America has missed hearing your voice, so we're going to let you start off. So why don't we go ahead and have you choose, have you start your your very interesting story, to say the least. I think the audience will i don't know what the audience will think but i guess there's no better way to do it than just to do it so go ahead man so my article is kind of a what's going on america Uh question mark article Uh so i was we were scrolling through looking for articles and a headline popped up that you just think that's not real that can't happen and lo and behold it was real, and it did happen. Uh, apparently, a um, uh, skilled nursing facility, um, for those of you who don't know, that's kind of some of the facilities where older people go who can't really take care of themselves. It's like a retirement home or a community for old folks. And some of them kind of take more heavily medically um, confused people or some of them are just kind of dorms for older, retired folks. This one seems like it was leaning more towards the medical side with the confused patients. Mm-hmm. And what apparently was happening was these workers were putting old, demented, confused people into a fight club and apparently <sighs> making them fight and betting on it and recording it and selling the videos and all sorts of things. Um, The article lists that it named about three or four workers and it said that they were running an illegal fight club with the uh, nursing home's demented patients. And I guess they even implicated themselves because there was recordings and it's... Wow, it just blows my mind. I just said that at the time. Right now, the nursing home's under investigation. They're not accepting any new patients. They're going to get to the bottom of exactly what happened, but I don't know. What has to be going through your head to kind of think, first of all, you're there to kind of look out for these patients, to have their best interests at heart and be taking care of them. And at what point do you think Let's make them fight for money. It's crazy. That's crazy. It's very out there, very weird. And it's happening, or it happened at least. I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. I, all right, so this is a nursing home facility, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I just think to myself, how long... So usually in nursing home facilities, you've got supervision, you've got, you know, you've got the, you know, workers who are there. But in addition to this, you have practitioners who are going to be there. And I just think to myself, how long was this going on until this was 
actually figured out. It says here, in June, Salem police received reports of fights being staged in the care facility. And, you know, you go from that, and then I guess it says that they stopped taking patients in, you know, around August when they were doing some investigations. But I don't, I don't know, like, how long did it take for... For somebody to figure out like something like this would have happened, have you? Did you do any rotations in assistant living facilities when you were a student, or when you were like, tell me about that setting and how that could work? Um, I definitely could see that happening. It's tough to prove anything that happens in these type of places. One, you got to think. One, the patients have dementia; they're confused. They probably don't even know what they're doing. Or remember what happened 10 minutes ago. So if they got into a fight club or into a fight, got a black eye 10 minutes later, they won't remember how they got the black eye. And if someone says, oh, you fell, they'll just say, oh, okay, because they've probably fallen before and gotten a black eye before. So it wouldn't be anything new as far as the, the bruising and the stuff because these guys fall all the time. And... 24 hours is a long time. Then maybe there's a downtime of two hours where administration leaves and goes for lunch, and then there's a skeleton crew, and probably everyone on the skeleton crew could have been in on it. So I definitely think it is possible. Some of these guys are under lock and key. They know where all the cameras are, if there are cameras. They know when the downtimes are, or they could just straight unplug the camera. Uh, yeah, I think it's believable. I think it definitely could happen in any of these type of places where no one's really going to be... First of all, they might not even have someone to report it to. They might not remember it. And they're dementia patients. They're the boy who cried wolf. No one's really going to take anything they say too much to heart. So I'm, I clicked on one of the links from that article, and it goes to a BuzzFeed.news article, and I'm reading excerpts of this. It says here, in the video footage of the fight between two residents, one of the elderly women can be seen falling on a bed and yelling, let go, help me, help me, let go, as the other woman in the fight continues to hit her. And then something else says, one of one or more of the workers can reportedly being heard saying, punch her in the face, stop screaming, expletive, in the video. Another reportedly asked if someone was filming the fight and if the video could be sent to her. One of the elderly women reportedly choked the other, causing one of the workers to say, you're making her turn red. The workers allegedly did not intervene. In an interview with police, one of the arrested women reportedly said that the woman who was pushed and choked in the fight was a pain in the butt, and that's why they filled it. All three women have been charged with assaulting an individual with a disability and are currently out on bond. They are expected to appear in court on November 14th. It is unclear if they have retained an attorney. Like This is crazy, man. Like This isn't just one of those, hey, you know, it's, it's hidden, it's behind the scenes, nobody really knows what's going on. Like, this is, like, if you watched Fight Club... Like, really, like, undercover, everybody's downstairs watching each other, people are egging people on, like, I'm sure people are probably betting money on this, like, this is a big deal, and I'm just thinking, you know, if you're in an assisted living facility, you, and I'm a a loved one who's coming in to visit, it's, it just shows how tough it is in some of these situations or scenarios where 
you've got people who can be beat up, who can get hurt, and nobody really knows about it. And it wasn't until somebody somehow, you know, witnessed and got video to have these individuals actually get in trouble. I mean, it says here no injuries were reported as a result of the incidents, but based on what they were saying in the article and what they heard in the videos, it kind of seems like there definitely was some sort of injuries that occurred, but I don't know, man. Very interesting to say it. They would have a tough time proving it. Gosh, so... These guys fall all the time, walk into walls. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just, I just think about it, you know, grandparents and, you know, ugh, I just don't want to think about it. All right, let's go with my article. This is a little more uplifting, but it is a little pricey. So let's go with this. So this is a article from Money Magazine. This article is called Over $2 Billion Will Be Spent on Weddings This Weekend Alone. This is by Kennedy. Silcox, and it was written a couple of days ago. This weekend, wedding bells across the country will be ringing, but if you listen closely, they might sound a little more like cha-ching, cha-ching. Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, October 19th is the most popular wedding date in 2019, according to a study from wedding websites, The Knot and WeddingWire.com. With nearly 34,000 couples planning to say I do this weekend, wedding hosts and guests are set to spend over $2 billion for the celebrations based on the numbers provided by the wedding planning sites. The study outlines spending both by betrothed couples and by wedding guests who are registered with either site based on behavioral predictions, user information, and survey results. While weddings come with a hefty cost of those getting married, wedding guests collectively spend far more money while attending the festivities. This makes sense because there are more guests than hosts at a wedding. Of the estimated 4.3 million guests attending weddings on October 19th, 1.7 million guests say that they will travel for an out-of-town nuptials. Guests are Guests are set to spend an estimated $1.8 billion on gifts, travel, attire, and accommodations. That breaks down to about $418 per guest. Those responsible for paying for the wedding on October 19th will be shelling out more around $359 million, according to the study. This total includes an estimated $71 million for attire, $227 million on catering, and $61 million of Day of Flowers, to name a few major price tags in the mix. The study also went into detail on wedding gift spending, and the results were pretty staggering. Over $508 million will be allegedly be spent on gifts or October 19th weddings alone. The most popular registry gifts on the not registry are Tor red wine glasses, Tor white wine glasses, and B. Smith multi-purpose server with tray. Couples and guests alike should know that there is no need to go over your budget or spend thousands and thousands of dollars on attire and decor at weddings. From selecting a less popular date or time to haggling on venue pricing, there are plenty of ways to have an incredible day without spending jaw-dropping amounts of cash. Jeez. Does it say why that date is so special? Or just it just says it is? I mean, I would think... I guess fall weddings, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I would think. Actually, I have no idea what when wedding season is and when would be the most popular time to get married. It's definitely interesting. That's crazy that 
it seems to me at least like such a random date and that is a lot of money but it does make sense that it brings up how much people spend to attend these weddings because i've been to a couple of these and i've definitely shelled out a ton on getting there uh, making arrangements while you're waiting paying for gifts uh, paying for if you're in the wedding the rehearsal the the dress or whatever tux you have to rent so these things add up very quickly and the time missed from work that's crazy that's a lot of money spent on weddings one i do not miss i I definitely don't miss this part i have a couple of my soon-to-be in-laws are in the process of getting the planning ready for weddings and I just think, I mean, Lee and I, we got married in 2015. It's four years later, so I can only imagine how much more expensive weddings are nowadays. But I'm looking at this part of the article. It says here that the most expensive gift on October 19th couples registries is the iRobot Roomba i7 plus Wi-Fi connected robot vacuum with auto dirt disposal. And that's for that looks like it's $1,000. And that's a gift that's actually on our registry right now. So I can't. That's a thousand dollar gift <laughs> for a room for a vacuum. Wow. I'm saying if I'm spending a thousand dollars, it better be doing more than just vacuuming. It better be folding my clothes. Better be helping me out with time travel, and better be being able to invent money and make money on its own because that's crazy, man. So I, I can't imagine yeah, that. Yeah, that's definitely crazy. I just. There's just so much money that are in weddings right now, and just the amount of money that is spent in travel. Like, well, I remember when I was getting married, and I remember when we were when I was doing the when we were doing the bachelor party. I tried to make as much as possible easy for guests to come in because you're spending a lot of time. You may be asking time off from work, and I guess people just use this as an opportunity to make money. Like anything that you just add wedding to automatically 100% full double surprise yeah it's ridiculous because they know you're gonna pay it's it's just a lot like i i don't miss that at all it's good i give props to people who are doing it now because i'm done that's why i'm never getting married again leah is stuck with me for better or for worse so i'm not paying for another wedding So there's some, so I'm looking at this guest study and there's some other stats that it says in this study. It says here, when it comes to the reception, guests pay the most attention to food, 77%, followed by the music, 55%, and the venue setting, which is 51%. The majority of guests say that they'll stay at the party until the end of the night, 59%, but four in 10 acknowledge that they typically leave early. The top guest challenges when preparing for upcoming weddings are finding something to wear, 44%, keeping costs reasonable, which was 27%, and choosing a gift to be for the to be weds, which is 24%. Let's see what other interesting sets that they say here. It looks like guests spend an average of $120 on a gift, though the relationship to the couple impacts their spend. Roughly half of guests purchased a new outfit for the most recent wedding they attended and spent an average of $155. Yes. 
guests spend an average of $130 on travel, and for those traveling to an out-of-town wedding, $370 is spent on average on accommodations. So it's just, it's easily close to $500, $600, even close to $1,000. So it's it's just very expensive to attend a wedding nowadays. Yeah, yep, I definitely believe it. And weddings aren't usually just one day anymore. They're usually like a three-day affair. There's the post-wedding brunch. There's the wedding ceremony. There's the reception. Um Rehearsal dinner might be more for wedding party and family, but still, even the rehearsal dinner the night before, um, a lot of times, depending on how you know the person getting married, a big group of the guests might get together the night before and go out and do something. So you don't want to just get there the morning of the wedding. You want to get there the night before. So yeah, that's at least three days worth of activities. Or a week if you're some people. <laughs> so on this link there's another link to the article that says Manhattan is the most expensive place in the country to get married with an average of $76,944 spent per event that's like $80,000 on a night that's more than double the amount of money spent on the average wedding in the United States which the not found was $33,391 among the high wow. spenders, couples spend an average of $105,000 in their weddings. Jeez. No. Couldn't imagine doing that. So, what are you going to do now? I mean, you've got a daughter now coming up. Um, times are changing. This is the 21st <laughs> century. Um, the way weddings work, it seems like it's 30-30-30. Uh, the bride, the groom, and then the parents. So... <laughs> We'll figure it out. Lee and I, we were we were pretty fortunate. We we did the thirty thirty or thirty three thirty three thirty three where we invited who we wanted to invite, and then you know we included some of our close family members. But when the families are big and the list get large, you know we tried to control that by saying, "Hey, who you know, mom side of family, dad side of family, you guys want to invite people." Hey, you can, but this is the dollar per plate. And then we did the same thing, you know, for Leah's side of the family. And I don't know, I still feel like people crashed the party, but it did help control the cost a little bit. But it's tough because you're not even married yet. And you can go through with not even saying I do and already owing about $80,000. That's not including the honeymoon. That's not including the ring cost for the for the lady that's i mean you can be close to being a hundred thousand dollars in debt before you even have your first day as husband and wife that's crazy that is crazy so yeah i i agree with you the 333333 33, 33 is not bad at all i'm looking at so they've got this top 15 list and it looks like manhattan was seventy six thousand dollars where do you think that South Florida ended up falling? Um, I mean, we've grown up here. I think it probably follows a similar real estate pattern. So New York is definitely on the higher end for real estate. I would say for Miami, we like to think it's expensive, but there's definitely places more expensive like California. So I would say it's probably 10th on the list. 
close. Number 14, Southern Florida, and it was $40,634. Yeah. Um, you can, the Northeast is always notorious for being super expensive. California. Um, let me think. Maybe, maybe Atlanta. I can't tell. I'm starting to think. I'm also trying to think of where the highest traffic is. Chicago. Those older cities seem like they would be a little bit more expensive, but then South Florida does have the weather, the destination type feel, and the sandy beaches, so I figured it'd be pretty up there too. All right, let me give you the top 10. So the top 10, man, or top 15, Manhattan, North Central New Jersey, Long Island, New York, Westchester, Hudson Valley, New York, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Chicago, Illinois, Connecticut, New York City, outside of Manhattan, Philadelphia, Delaware area, Los Angeles, California is 11th, New Orleans is 12th, Boston is 13th, 14th is Southern Florida, and 15th is Southern New Jersey, rounding up the top 15. And it looks like here the most affordable places to get married are half the price on average. Those destinations include New York, the least expensive with an average of $17,000, Utah, Oregon, Montana, among other destinations. Yeah, that gives you lots of things to think about. Get your priorities together. What's more important for you? Mm. All right, man. Well, it's getting close to that time. So what and how do we want to wrap up another awesome episode of the MVP episode? So, Christopher, what are your take-homes from your article? Well, if you work at a nursing facility, don't run a fight club with your demented (laughs) patients. That's going to be what I take away. Uh, and for me, you know, again, talking about the over $2 billion will be spent on weddings this weekend alone. I don't know. It's got to be something about the weather. Maybe it's the whole, you know, turning fall. Weather is nice. It's not hot. But don't spend your life savings on the wedding. I mean, again, this wedding is supposed to be the first day of your marriage and your time together it shouldn't be the last day so definitely try to remember that there's more than just the beginning of the wedding yes it's nice to have a memorable feeling but it's more about the memories and the feelings and hanging out versus the actual dollar tag that you got attached to that so that would be what my two cents are all right so what's great so what's going on for the rest of the weekend before we get out of here um, just like I said before, I alluded that before, we're going to be celebrating my daughter's first birthday party down here in South Florida. Going to reconnect and visit with lots of family and friends. It's going to be a great time. What about you? Hey, man. You know, my, my awesome niece is going to be turning one, so I'm very blessed to be able to host the party. Looking forward to hanging out with MQ'd because we got Marvin coming into town tomorrow. You know, Marsha's here, so we got all the siblings here, and then we've got the fam, so it's going to be a good time. So definitely looking forward to some cool family, awesome fun, and hopefully we'll make it a great memory. For sure. All right, MVP crew, so thank you again for listening to another wonderful episode of the Marston Brothers Podcast. Christopher, it's so good to see you. I'm hoping that we get to see more and more of this as we continue forward. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to contact us at Marcelin Brothers 
at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on any of your general platforms for listening to podcasts. And with that being said, thank you, MVP, and we're out. Adios.